Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan, our final episode of the year. Ryan, it's been a, uh, a fun whirlwind experience and we're, uh, you know, we, we've got to go out with a, a bang, I reckon. Yeah, not wrong. I'm, mate, I'm still uh, still going from Mad Monday. All, all the fantasy grand finals are over now. It's, uh, you know, it's, this yeah. is just the relaxing week. Yeah, mate, except you, you're kind of, you, you, you're a head-to-head team, but you've somehow found yourself pretty good in the rankings, all things considered. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I managed to save trades unlike other people, so I guess I've, you know, because mm. I, I, like I was sitting like 8,000 or something after Origin, and I'm into the top, like in around 3,000 now. So, yeah, just uh, just having trades in the back end of the year has just really skyrocketed me. Yeah, mate. Well, certainly, and I mean, that'll come up a bit later in the show um, as one of our sort of finishing segments. Uh, everyone's doing stuff a little bit different this week, so we'll, we'll try to bring you something that's a little bit, uh, you know, not just, you know, going through the teams and, and doing some end-of-season awards and or whatever. There's a couple of other pods doing doing all different things. So we'll try to try to make this last week our, our own and we'll uh, we'll see what we what we can do for you. So, mate, first game of the round, uh, Raiders going in full strength against the Roosters looking to, I mean, the Raiders are trying to make the finals and the Roosters are, I mean, a chance of, of making the top eight. So I guess we are the top four, I mean. So I guess this is a no-holds-barred full action, uh, you know, experience here. And um, what's your fantasy takeaways here on the Raiders? Anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, like, like there's not too much happening. There's like some things here for next year, you know, potentially uh, Smith Shields, um, you know, a couple of cheapies there to look at for, for next year, depending on what Croker does and with Curtis Scott gone now. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's things here for the future. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Uh, so definitely one to, one to watch to keep an eye on and, uh, there's even a couple of couple of guys down on the extended bench maybe get a run. Who knows? But I, I have to think the Raiders will come in full strength and this is just going to be a balls-to-the-wall game up here in Mackay. Mm. Uh, for the Roosters, they lose Joseph Manu, uh, which sees Morris come in to play his last-ever career regular season game. So uh, it's the, the end of an era with the, the Morris twins once they finish up for the year. But, I mean, fantasy-wise, it's Tedesco who... I mean, he really let teams down last week. Uh, I captained him two weeks in a row and then had the uh, the foresight to shift it to turbo, which made me about 200 points, which is awesome. Uh, I mean, this is obviously just a case of them getting a, a shellacking and him being uh, barely involved. Uh, are we... I mean, it's a good lesson for people not to put the captaincy on the uh, the wing fullbacks, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, especially in tough matchups. You know, it's it's... Easy enough to slap it on Turbo when he's playing the Bulldogs, but you know when Teddy runs into one of the better sides in the comp, maybe best to steer away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, obviously uh, everyone's teams are pretty much locked, and we're just rolling through here to the next game. So, Sharkies versus the Storm. Storm, uh, I guess they've rested a few guys here, so no Munster. They're going with uh, you know not playing Harry Grant the the full game, which is good. And they'll probably, I imagine, he'll only play fifty minutes or something. Um, one to watch, obviously. I, c- I can't for the life of me understand why Matt Moylan is playing in this game for the Sharks and not uh, Luke Metcalf. Oh, well, I, yeah, I only just saw that he's named at six. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because, I mean, uh, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure Moylan came on for Metcalf last week. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it seems a bit, I don't know, a bit odd. I guess they are also trying to make the finals, so I guess maybe they think Moylan's their mm. best chance of getting in because they do need to win this game, um, assuming, yep. you know, if the Raiders or Titans get up, um, this is a sort of a must-win for them. 
Yep, 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 absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how the Storm play this one as well. Uh, obviously, they're just going to do their best. Uh, and, um, I mean, from a from a next-year point of view here, there's a couple of guys that we'll need to sort of keep an eye on. Uh, but we'll, I guess we'll circle back to them a bit later. Um so the next game here, the Eels versus the Panthers. Eels going full strength with uh, Keegan Hipgrave and Bryce Cartwright in the back row. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to admit I am a little bit surprised that they're not at least trying to win this game. Uh, they're really kind of leaving the the top four spot begging. I mean, I know the Panthers are going in full strength and realistically, uh, you know, they're not likely to win. But for me, uh, it just, I guess it smacks of a, a losing attitude. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit surprising. I mean, I guess um, I guess maybe BA just thinks there's too many blokes on this side that are banged up. Like we know Gutherson got injured towards the end of last week. He went off with a cork, so I guess mm. you know he's uh, he's obviously not fit and Junior Paulo suspended. So yeah, I don't know. I guess he you know he's just decided to rest the majority of his blokes just to try and get there for week one. Because I mean. You know, like it's a, I guess it probably would have been a pretty Herculean effort, not only to beat the Panthers, but also you'd also need um, Manly to lose to the Cowboys. So. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Cowboys juggernaut, baby. Yeah, that's true. They scored, what, four tries <laughs> in about five minutes last week? Yeah, mate. Cowboys special. Even when, even when they're winning, they're letting me down. But we'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get to them. Uh, Panthers going full strength here, uh, which is uh, surprising and probably uh, typical of Ivan Cleary's coaching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If you don't have Nathan Cleary by now, you're probably not buying him this week. Uh, he's obviously showing why he's the uh, the uh, undisputed fantasy champion for this year anyway. 117 break-even, only 59 points. So, I mean, are you happy with the 59? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I was last week because that's all I needed to pick up my grand final. But he was definitely a little bit off last week. Hey, um, I'm not sure if you saw the game, but like he, he was having moments of brilliance, his normal brilliance, like setting up tries. But then he was just... Racking up negatives, he had five errors and six missed tackles as well as a penalty. So, I mean, he had, what, minus 24 in negatives last week, That's which is very, un- un- very unclear like I did see him absolutely just, like, boot the footy a couple of times yeah. straight at the goalposts. Like, yeah. you know, he was intentionally trying to do it, which is which is a good move, and it's pretty smart because it's, it's quite hard to defend. But, I mean, you know, he's kind of – he's he's he – Made it this far playing a certain way, and it seems weird to to deviate from that. The uh, the run meters were still there, 140 run meters though. So I think this is just a uh, a blip on the radar. But let's hope he has a a 45 and an early shower for us for next year. I reckon. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, get him a mm. little bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, going across to the Broncos versus the Knights. Uh, this is really uh the Knights trying to preserve their their spot here. I mean, they can only, I guess they, they're stuck in seventh. They can't go anywhere up or down. So mm. uh, for the Knights, it's pretty much just trying to get through the game unscathed. Uh, as far as their team list goes, it's kind of, you know, it's the the, the, the usual suspects. Uh, Pong, obviously, 65. Uh, let's hope he stays a bit lower this week so we can um, we'll get some nice value on him for next year. Uh, any any sort of specific takeaways here for you? No, just um, Jaden Braley, Mitch Barnett out. I'm not sure if they're suspended. I, I think they might be. I think Braley might have copped mm-hmm. a crusher or something. Um, yeah, no, just I guess they're. I'm, I'm surprised to see they're uh, not resting a couple of these blokes. Like we know, Mitch Pierce has his old, um, you know, soft tissue injuries. But mm. yeah, um, I guess we'll see what the Knights can do in the finals forty next week. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still the thing is that there's no guarantee that any of these guys are actually going to play though either. Mm, true. Uh, Cowboys juggernaut up against Manly. Manly coming in pretty much full strength by the looks of it. So, um, I mean, that's probably a surprise too. You have to imagine we're kind of just speaking about this off off air. Assuming that the Eels and the Roosters both go down, you might see them rest players. Uh, So, I mean, as far as the captaincy goes against the Cowboys, potential early shower, potential, you know, finishing up early, um, you know, are you inclined to take the C off turbo and move it to a guy who's a bit safer, like a Haas or even Angus Crichton, who might be looking to to do some damage and get some form into the finals or, or what are your, what are your thought process around turbo in terms of that this week? Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a tough one because there's no doubt he could rack up a big score in 60 minutes or so, but um, yeah, you've definitely got that concern looming over your shoulder. I, I, and like, I was considering that myself with, um, you know, Chucky on Haas. I guess it really depends what, you know, type of situation you're in. If you're sort of just looking to uh, swat the flies away and hold your position, then I think the safety of us is probably a good play. But if you're in need of a, you know, a miracle play, then maybe a turbo or DC could be the guy. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> old uh, Ruben Cotter's dropped out, so he's going to miss the last game of the year. So Tom Lolo goes back to the 13. I'm not sure if that matters, though. Hess is back, uh, which obviously we're all very excited to see. Uh, Fantasy-wise, it's pretty much just Tomololo if you have the misfortune of having him. (laughs) Uh, Rabbitohs and Dragons, Latrell's out for the foreseeable future. Blake Taft's named in the one. Uh, Lachlan Ilias is named at seven to make his debut. Uh, I I have to say I'm kind of maybe a bit surprised they didn't play Taft at seven and see what he's got there. Yeah. Uh, I know he was kind of one of the candidates possibly to take that over next year. I mean, it'd be easy enough to play, uh, I mean, particularly in a game that really doesn't mean anything for the Rabbitohs. They can only, you know, uh, uh, you have to think that the smart play would have been to, I mean, even play Alex Johnson at fullback or or just, you know, some someone like that. Yeah, but, I mean, you've also got to consider that if Blake Taft's going to be their fullback for the finals, you probably mm. want to get a little bit of legs under him. Um, yeah. You know, and get is him he or is it going to be Alex Johnson, though? Well, I mean, I'd assume or it was Gagai. Taft. I'd assume, I would assume Taft because the last time Troll was out, it was Taft, I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah. No, I just I – just, I, I think they lose – I think they maybe they need to have that bigger body there. I, I'm surprised it's not even – it's not Gagai with Burns at centre or something like that, but – or maybe that's why Burns is playing center this week. Who knows? Uh, Fantasy-wise, it doesn't really matter. Uh, same thing with the Dragons here. Obviously, Cookie's out as well, but, you know, we kind of expected he was going to get a rest. Uh, for the Dragons, not really a lot interesting here. Uh, kind of su- maybe surprised they're not. Uh, I don't know why they're bothering with Corey Norman. You think you'd use, a, you know, one of your rookies or something like that, although like Cody Ramsey's hanging out down there as well. And... Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like to me the Dragons are wasting the opportunity to see what they got with a couple of players. But, you mm. know, with your, with your job on the line, maybe every win's important. I just want to know what's happened to um, Billy Britton. Like, he's just fallen off the face of the earth. Like, I, I mm. thought he was still with the Dragons, but they're loaning in Freddie Lussick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, surprised he's, he's not here. Maybe he's injured. Yeah, maybe. But he might not have even travelled with the team. Mm. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Titans Warriors. Jaden Campbell, uh, obviously one to keep an eye on. He's signed a new deal, so he looks like he's going to be their long-term one with Brimson at six next year. 
Uh, that's going to have some interesting impacts on us for fantasy next year. Uh, mate, to Brian Kelly, a bit disappointing. Not that I'm surprised uh, in that in that last round there. But, um, I mean, you know, Dave Vafita off the bench again. Not really a lot exciting here. Probably one to keep an eye on, um, you know, Fogarty for next year as well, depending on which way they go with the Titans halves battle. Yeah, for certain, for sure. Um, I, I think almost whoever's wearing that seven for the Titans next year is going to be a must-have if they're partnered with Brimson with Campbell at the back. Because, yeah, whether it's Sexton or Fogarty, they're going to be doing a, a ton of kicking. Yep. Uh, Warriors side of the ball, obviously Walsh still doing you know Reese Walsh things. Oh, he's a bit quiet last week, but um, I guess fantasy wise, it's pretty much just Vanua Blake, him, Josh Curran, and you and Aiken. It is what it is here. Uh, and then the uh, the last game of the round, which I'm sure everybody's going to be enthralled for, uh, <laughs> West Tigers versus the Bulldogs. Tigers actually, it's it's so much like them to come come good when they or like come better anyway when they, they doesn't count for anything. Yeah, it is, isn't it? They're finally showing some signs of life, um, you know. And uh, I guess another one here for next year, Sean Bloor. He's he's been quite impressive, um, mm-hmm. you know, at least scoring wise. He's still only averaging twenty six and a half. So I mean. Um, I think he's shown that he can probably, if he's playing 80 minutes, he could probably sustain a, a mid-40s average. So there's probably going to be about you know 20 points of value there next year. Yep. Uh, and then obviously on Bulldog side of the ball, it's all pretty boring. Uh, Every low. Disappointing. Josh Jackson doing Josh Jackson stuff, and that's it. Yep. So, Ryan, tell me, mm-hmm. let's, go, let's go and have a look through the trades that we've made for this year. Yep. And... Try and pick out the best and worst trade that we've made for this year so far. So, mate, my mine's a bit of a rich tapestry here. Obviously, I traded out Brian Kelly for Andrew Davy in week two, and we all know how that ended up. Mm. Uh, and then Davy to Schuster in week three, which I think obviously was a really good move for me. You know, anyone that bought in Schuster there in in week three made a, a really nice profit out of him. Uh I'm kind of a bit sad that I ended up trading Jacob Little because he's been quite good through the year. Obviously, I know at the time that would have made a lot of sense. Uh, give me your what, – what's just going back through, have you had a chance to have a look through? Tell you what would have to be the worst trade for me would have been trading out Lachlan Croker at the start of the year. Oh, mate, yeah. I, I went uh, Lachlan Croker to Andrew Davey, and that's oh, <laughs> that's no. just turned out to be absolutely awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and another one that was looking bad for a long time there in round in round two. So I went Croker to Davy, and I went James Roberts to Verrills, and Verrills was looking like an absolute mm. dud there for a while. But yeah. last week he came in clutch. He dragged me to a grand final with that uh, grand final win with that big try. Um, yeah, the long hold finally paid off from round two. Bargain. Tactical. So, yeah. so in your le- learning your lessons from uh, this year to next year, your number one lesson that you're going to give to people is buy hookers that don't play for 90% of the season because they'll win your head-to-head grand final. Exactly, mate. It's all about the long haul. That's a you know, yeah. long game strategy. Saving guys, trades. Yeah, exactly. You guys are playing checkers, <laughs> so I'm playing chess. Uh, I have to say, though, the reason why I can't make trading out Lock Lock and Croker my worst trade is because I went to Sam Walker, which did make some really nice money, that one. Mm. Uh, Tessie Neo to Tom Turbo would have to be my best trade of the year, I think. Yeah, that's that's got to be up there. It, in round seven, I went Alvaro and Takiyahu to Turbo and Cleary. That was a pretty good week. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, I, no, no I, nice. I think 
I think uh, up there for my worst trade would probably have to be in round three. I went Jake Turpin to Nick Kotrick. Oh, um, no. Yeah, Nick Kotrick really lured me in. I fell for the honey trap mm. there. Yeah. Now, my worst one for the year is Josh Schuster to Tom Starling. Ooh. That, yeah, that was the worst one. That's not great. Yeah, not great at all. The, yeah, that have all, to be. Have to be. Yeah. There's there's a lot here that like, um, you know, like they went awful because of injury. Like Andrew Davy um, mm. was a big one, and then another one, but big one for me. I I uh, brought in Lomax the week he broke his hand about 15 minutes into the game. Yeah. So, you know, like those are ones you can't really predict. So it's like as long as your process is right, I guess, and, you know, like mm. going through my trades, I'm not seeing a whole lot that I probably wouldn't do again knowing what I knew at the time. Like like Kotrick's, yeah. Kotrick's one I'd like my time over again. But, I, I, you know, I, no. I couldn't predict Lomax breaking his hand. You know, you no. can't predict Davey doing his ACL four minutes into the game, you know, stuff like that. No, no, but, I mean, it's just at a Starling one. That was I only made 65K out of that, mm. uh, like bank bank-wise. Which allowed me to bring in Jason Tomalolo, which wasn't a good, particularly good move either. Yeah. Uh, but um, the stuff, like, I could have gotten Reese Walsh 100k cheaper instead of getting Starling and and bank the extra 200k. Like, you know, there's there's just ones like there where I went for the, I, I went for the the glory play in Starling instead of the obvious but still really good upside play in Reese Walsh. Hmm. You know, I completely missed Nico Hines, even though I called him being a good option, and I went for like. You know, a, a guy like um, Pangai or, or, or like you know uh, Mitch Moses, where I could have got the exact same production out of Heinz for four hundred k less. Um, so I think that's something I really need to sort of think of for next year is is going with my gut and and shooting for the obvious upside rather than the glory play upside like yeah. I did with Starling. Try to like be a bit too clever for yourself almost. Yeah, yeah, going for the hero move instead of the, you know, like the thing is if you make a good trade and it's the same trade that everybody else is making and it's a good trade, hmm. uh, it, you don't have as much upside but you, you absolutely minimise your downside. Hmm. Whereas, you know, and you got to remember like for most of the season, Reese Walsh was only still at 21% or whatever. That means there's four out of five teams don't have him. Like that's still a lot. Hmm. So I think I need to take a little bit of emphasis away from the points of difference guys, like, you know, like trying to go for him or, you know, like, I mean, I, I brought in Ponga in round 19, which looked really good, but in, you know, in hindsight, it's kind of a bit bad, even though my analysis was that maybe I didn't like the upside because he didn't have the goal kicking. You know, I brought in Victor Radley, who, you know, managed to get himself suspended, which shocks nobody. <laughs> you know. uh, I traded Luke Brooks to Sean Johnson in round 15, which was the biggest waste because Sean Johnson got injured like three weeks later and Brooksy's still kicking. Like, you know, and, and like he's Brooks isn't great, but like, you know, that those like three or four trades that I made that I didn't have to make mm. could have been, you know, 5,000 ranks to me at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And like looking over, you know, my back end um, of the year, like I think there's definitely something to be learned, like especially if, um, you know, come next year, we're seeing a sort of similar thing in terms of injuries and suspensions, which I'd almost bet on. Um, you know, towards the end of the year, maybe hanging on to more guys that are green dots, like not making those luxury trades. Like, you know, I traded out um, Connor Watson in round 18 and mm. you know, like I could still be holding him right now, honestly, like because he didn't miss a game. Like he had a couple of poor scores because he got um, shift shuffled around because of injuries and stuff. But, 
you know, like there's a there's a trade I could have saved, and and like bringing in, like uh, because I ended up bringing in um, Watson Holader from the Dogs as like a looping red dot, and you know, like that really like I probably shouldn't have done that now in hindsight, just because of you yeah. know the, I have like I had a, a red dot every other week onwards from then because you know because of all the injuries and suspensions has been over the past five rounds so maybe that's something for next year there maybe be a little bit more conservative towards the back end yeah yeah i get uh, yeah so 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 that's your is that your main takeaway yeah i think so for this year yeah all right so after the first podcast next year we gotta remind each other of our (laughs) resolutions that we're making on this podcast so you're gonna tell me to stop going for the glory play okay and I'm going to tell you not to make luxury trades, particularly in the back end, even when you want to. See, like, I, I find, I'm going to find this hard because I really love it when you go for the glory play. Like, that's how we end up with, like, meme guys, like when you bought Boyd Cordner and, you know. Oh, man, stuff. I love Boyd Cordner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, I'll, I'll do it, mate. I'll do it for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Way too early values for next year. Mm. Now, I've got a really good way of doing this. So go onto the stat center okay. uh, on the on the app yep. and sort it by overall season price change, price reductions. So the most red. Yeah, the most red at okay. the top. Right. So this is one for the, the listeners as well. And you kind of want to go through this for your preseason planning, go through this list now because these stats will drop out at some point and it'll be a, a pain in the ass. And it might take you like an hour or two, but realistically, you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, it means you've got heaps of spare time anyway. So just do it and go through it and go, all right, oh, who are the guys that I might want to be targeting for next year and what sort of role changes can we expect for them? So, for example, first guy on the list here is Benji Marshall. So he's dropped from up near 600k down to 228. Uh, so he's averaging this season 22, which means he's going to come into next year pretty much, you know, he's going to be 300k or so, or thereabouts. Reynolds is moving on. Cody Walker is going to be there with either Benji Marshall or Anthony Milford. Mm. So if it's Benji Marshall, he's going to be a kind of a no-brainer pick early in the year. I would have think. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have to be silly not to take you know the South starting halfback if he's going to be that cheap. It's it's amazing looking at some, like some of these guys. I didn't realize how cheap some of these guys had gotten. Mm. Like it's it's crazy for me looking at Kevin Proctor at two hundred sixty four k. I didn't realize he'd gotten that cheap. It's probably too expensive for him anyway. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, Kyle Kyle Flanagan's lost almost. 270k. He's going to be really good in Super League fantasy for next year. If they do that over in uh, <laughs> Man of Steel betting, maybe maybe, maybe our man Tom could let us know. <laughs> uh, actually, a really interesting one to me here is a guy who I took in our draft league, Curtis Sirinen. Okay, I'm pretty sure he's off contract, and there's um he's not that old, and he actually quite scores pretty well when he when he does play the 80 in the back row. I'd love to see him get picked up by a team like Cowboys or someone that actually needs back rowers. Uh, mind you, with the emergence of Nanai and Helium Lukey up there, maybe not. But, you know, if he manages to land a, a starting back row spot, his average for this year is 18.5. So, I mean, he's going to get a massive uh, – he's going to get a massive value if he has a back row spot as well. So he'll be he'll be down near starting price. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's an exciting one. Yeah, Tumalolo. I don't know. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> uh, Pat Carrigan's five seventy five at a, a forty four average. I mean, he obviously he's going to be coming off the ACL, but he did that pretty early in the year. So, I mean, he should be he should be right to go. The question is just going to be what that uh, Broncos team looks like uh, come round one. But I mean, uh, that was when Matt Lodge was there too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, yeah, it was before. So I mean, he's Pat Carrigan's absolutely one you need a pencil into your into your diary. So you know he's played eight games, so he's not going to get a discount. But at a forty-four point five average, he's probably going to have. You know he'll he'll probably be one of those guys like uh, I can't remember who we were looking at at the start of the year, but maybe like seven or eight points of value to make him into a, a borderline keeper type thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, another one that that's an interesting one to keep an eye on is Jerome Luai, depending on what the Panthers' schedule looks like to start next year. Because uh, obviously he was averaging really well in their soft. And this is one thing that I sort of didn't really pay a lot of attention to was the schedules. Um, but like, you know, I'm really, I think I'm going to take a couple of, you know, it, depending on what they do with the rules, if they change the rules back to what they used to be, I'll, I won't be interested at all. But if they, if their draw looks anything like it did to start this year, I might even have a, a crack at a player like that. But I mean, he's still averaging 38 almost 39, so maybe not. He probably still come into the season at mid-fives. Uh, so just because they're at that price now doesn't mean that's what they're going to be to start next year. You've got to really look at the average more than the, the total price drops. But mm. um, yeah. Pappenhausen's an obvious one here. Yeah, he, he'll be damn near 100% ownership next year. He, he'll be one of the most owned players in the game, you'd think. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, deservedly too. Uh, he's yeah. You have to think he's going to be you know a, a sort of a, a smash, yeah, smash round one option. Uh, what else are we looking at here? Um, depending on what the Warriors do with Jazz Tavanga, he could be an interesting one, averaging forty. But I mean, yeah, you know, what what are they going to do with him? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem to really be in favour, does he? He's sort no. of. Um... Yeah, um, I mean, there's guys here that like, yeah, that that like in years past, you, like in 2020, you would have been jumping all over, but you know now like there's, sort of, yeah, like even like say Isaiah Yo, you know, mm. like he's he's lost like 200k this year. Um, you know, Fodder Wake has lost 200k this year. Yeah, it's like, but you know, they're not really the Clemmer lost two hundred k this year, but they're not really yeah. sort of blowing me away for next year. It's going to be pretty heavily based on what their roles look like, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that's that's the big thing. Like, you know, what does even Jack White like? Jack White was playing pretty well before. What does the Canberra team look like next year? Can they get their attacking form back? Or what? He's averaging forty eight this year. I think you know, depending on what their team makeup looks like, he could get back into the mid fifties. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bit depressing here. Um, I'm I'll be interested to see what they price Cameron McInnes at for next year. Actually, yeah. so obviously he missed the entire year, but I, I don't know how much of a discount you can give to him, really. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the normal uh, discount for people who have played no games? It's, it's it? like twenty five percent, I think. Okay. But I, mean, that, I don't know. I don't. Know. I think you need to play like one game. I don't know if it's zero if they just wipe it and make you the exact same, like full price, because you you didn't 
like do one, you know, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. what they're trying to do is is knock out uh, like blips on the radar. You know, who's actually could be a really interesting one is Xavier Coates. Oh, for sure, yeah, going to Melbourne. Yep, going to Melbourne. So he's averaging twenty six. So he's going to be like low threes or whatever. But you just look what Josh Ado Car's done this year and and where he's going. Yeah, uh, and then the Nick Meany as well is another one because he's going to Melbourne. If he's playing on the wing or at centre or something, he could be another one. Yeah. Um, Francis Molo is an interesting one. He's signed a contract with the Dragons and obviously he's he's uh, not in favour at the Cowboys. But, I mean, he's a points per minute machine and they're sort of, you know, they're screaming out for, for front rowers at the moment. So, I mean, if he can carve out a nice little role for himself, he might be a nice little mid-ranger for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because he was one, you know, you, that we were sort of pushing in the preseason as a guy that could, um, you know, really be a breakout sort of contender. And he, and I, I think when he's been on the field, he's definitely shown that. Like he is, um, you know, his his stats uh, you know, per minute he's on the field have been have been there. It's just he's not really getting the role um, under Peyton. If um if Britton Nakora can nail down a a permanent role, he could be a an interesting one as well. Same with like, you know, if if Ryan James or or Ryan Sutton can pick up a, a job that's not under Ricky, who doesn't has like, you know, he's just sharing the minutes through everybody. Uh, I guess we're down to the sub sub one hundred k, you know, price drops here now. So now it's a bit sort of different to, you know, it's not as as couple of obvious ones. Is there anyone else that sticks out in your mind as as a value potentially for next year? I mean, Harry Grant potentially if he's if he's a starting hooker, I'm just not really sure what's happening with Cheese. I'm assuming he's also going to be there next year and still pinching minutes. But, mm. I mean, the day we get 80 minutes, uh, Harry Grant, he, he'll be absolute value right there. Mm. Well, I mean, he's already priced at 53 average, though. So, I mean, how much? And once again, probably it probably 10 points depends. there, honestly. Do you reckon? I mean, I think so. Like, he's averaging 53 playing, and, he, and he's what? He's only averaging 59 minutes this year. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay. Picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> Don't yell at me, Ryan. I'm sorry, mate. I just get passionate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. what, what about your man, Madison, averaging 52? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely have to have a look at him depending on, on what their team looks like next year. But I'm kind of a bit emotionally scarred by these uh, Parramatta players now. David Feeder's not doing a very good job of dropping his price. <laughs> no, he's still coming off the bench and scoring tries. It's uh, sixty-seven. Yeah, it's quite annoying. Um, Remember in the preseason when we were talking about Pyasa Pharmacilli as a cash cow? <laughs> yeah, but then we got our uh, we got the polar bear, so we we uh, yeah yeah he nerfed him pretty hard, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, we thought Pharmacilli was going to be uh, in a starting role, but yeah, just it didn't happen. He was playing a twenty-minute bench role instead. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably the the real obvious ones for me. I mean, I'd love to see Andrew Davey end up somewhere good. Yeah, that'd be great. Because I mean, like, I guess it depends how he bounces back from this ACL. But yeah, I mean, any time he was on the field for the limited amount of time, he was showing that he could have been a, an absolute fantasy weapon if he'd stayed healthy. And just in the good bloke standings as well. Mm. You know, he just oh, like he seems like he'd actually be a good bloke. And, like, you want those guys to succeed, whereas there's other guys you're just like, no, nah, I bet they'd be a bit of a knob and you don't really want to. <laughs> you don't care how they go. What about Zaccini? What's he going to do? I can't believe he's not playing center. Like, can I play him in his proper position or what? <laughs> oh, I've got one. Here we go. I, I don't, I've got no idea if he's actually going to start next year, but Braden Trindle potentially. He's averaging 34. 
Um, so if, yeah. if he's if he's partnered with Hines, it could be uh, could be good signs there. But I mean, we'll yeah. see. Obviously, they love Matty Moylan, so <laughs> who knows? Don't they? Yeah. Even like obviously Luke Metcalf here at um, twenty three average. Uh, if he manages to partner, same thing. If he manages to partner Nico Hines, it'll probably depend a lot on on what their team composition looks like. Obviously. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that'll, that's about it. I, I, I mean, just I'm just kind of trying to do a quick scroll. Oh, like just... nice things for Paul Momorowski, but I just yeah. I just don't know where he's getting to go. I'm gonna. Oh, actually, maybe uh, you know, like someone like Braden Burns because Dane Gago is off to the Knights next year. He is too. Yeah. What's Ga- What's Burnsy averaging? He's a, he's at yeah, 35, thirty-five. So he's he's showing some form, but he's not going to completely price himself out at, yeah. at that amount. So that's kind of annoying. No, I, I I prefer that. I don't want to see him do, you know, uh, twenty six like, you know, bloody Will Hopewadi who we were highlighting as a potential value. <laughs> I think that's going to be one of my other lessons is not picking outside backs on bad teams. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good lesson, especially with this new game. That uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you're on a bad team, you can't really compete at all. Mate, just look at guys like Ruben Garrick and. Um, Alex Johnson and all that, and how much their value, fantasy values changed this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that says it all right unreal. there. Would you yeah. would you touch Victor Radley with a ten foot barge pole at forty three? Oh man, just guys like uh, Radley and Pangai, because I mean Pangai is probably going to be a bit of value too, coming off the bench um, if he could stop scoring tries for Penrith. But yeah, Joseph Suwali with a full off season under his belt at twenty seven. Yeah, it's just like some of these is guys. Is he a fantasy are... relevant style player? Is he a what? Sorry, a fantasy relevant style player. Um, I mean, he hasn't really shown it yet. He could certainly become that. Like, you got to keep in mind, he's only what turning eighteen. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he can develop, but he, like, he hasn't really shown that yet. And even in New South Wales Cup, he wasn't, you know, lighting the world on fire fantasy wise. So, um, but I'm sure he's going to have a lot of interest, just given how cheap he's going to be. Hmm. Plus, you know, like with Kiri to come back to, maybe, you know, that attack, um, you know, that rooster side can improve next season. Mate, Tom Dearden's up to over 600K now. <laughs> and uh, Griffin Neem's doing a really good job of ruining his price at a 41 average as well. Oh, that's so annoying. Those guys that play like one game, score 50, and then their price is gone for the next year. Yeah, they're at like 470K to start <laughs> the next year, and they've only played one game in round 25. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the worst. Absolute worst. Mm. I just want to like pull one out for like our man Dane Gagai. He's been just an absolute goat in the center position. It's probably the last oh. time I'll, I'll ever own him, given that he's going to the Knights next year. Oh, don't say that. I wonder what's going to happen with TC Rabadi because he looks pretty good in his games where he gets good minutes. I wonder if he's going to be their edge guy. Uh, I mean, is Alex Glenn going to play next year? He's retired, hasn't he? I think he's retired. Has he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he announced his retirement, Alex Glenn. Thank God for that. (laughs) Uh, I mean, oh, no. Uh, (laughs) Here's one, though. Is is Connor Tracy not just going to get in the halves with Nico Hines next year? Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. You'd think if if Tracy was their preferred half, he'd be playing there now. But I guess he's the only one that can play centre. You can't really stick Trindle at centre. Yeah. And Maybe. the other one's like, uh, this Amone for the Dragons, if Corey Norman's on the way out, is it going to be Ben Hunt and Amone? Because if so, he's only averaging 24, which is going to make him a really nice value as well. 
Mm, yeah, another one to pencil into the into the black book. Mm, Boyd Cordner. <laughs> He's not coming back, mate. Just let it go. <laughs> Tyrone May. Oh, mate, this is in the scrub territory now. Oof. <laughs> um, what about guys that only played one game for the entire year? Because that's the other one as well. Like, you've got to look for these guys that are going to get those really heavy discounts because they only played a limited amount of games. And, like, you, they might have just completely dropped out of our memory because it was so, like, right at the start of the year or something like that. Yeah. I mean, with Cameron McKinnis, I wonder what his role is going to be at Cronulla because it seems like they're going to Lock. Be... Yeah, lock, you reckon? Yeah, he might play like 10, 15 minutes at hooker spelling Braley and they won't bother with the bench utility. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, mm. well, that's what I reckon anyway. How's uh, Marion Seve if he manages to win a job 52 with a one game like we are talking about? Tylan May from Panthers, uh, one game 42. You know, this is the, the, the typical bloody people that are ruining their price for next year. <laughs> Sasagi yeah. for the Knights, 45, one game. Maybe um, maybe old Wade Egan could be a potential one, given that, uh, you know, Nicarima's stealing minutes at the moment. If Nicarima's, because I'm pretty sure Nicarima's off next year, maybe uh, he's one for next year. He's averaging 48 currently. Mm. Uh, What's that? Who was the one? Oh, Penne that went across to, Mel- to Warriors from Melbourne. He could be an interesting one here. He's averaging 27. Uh, if he okay. manages to get some good, you know, obviously, you know, the competition for minutes in Melbourne and the Warriors is probably different. Um, mm. His PPM's pretty good, except for this one game against the Tigers, uh, mm. where he got 11 in 41 minutes, which is really bad. Mm. RFM. I guess they would have just been putting 60-something points on there, though, wasn't he? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Raymond Fatola Mariner, he's going to be... 29. He, I think he went... Had to go back in for surgery, so he'll be just full strength for next year. But I mean, are they going to play Pangai on the edge? Yeah, that's the or thing. You, in we, the middle. That's the thing. You can't. You don't really know where he's going to be. But if he is starting on the edge, it almost be you know sort of must have territory. Um, Did you see the doggies signed uh, John Asiata? Are you kidding? No. <laughs> oh my God. Just today. Oh lord. Well, Asiata's a... losing his spot to Corey Jensen next year at the Broncos, so mm. they had to. Um, yeah, they had to had to move him. So make uh, John Asiata ball playing lock next year, surely. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's a fantasy weapon, as we know. Oh man, yeah, I reckon they'll do. I think we're going a bit crazy now. Yeah, I know. We're just already on to next year. That's how just addicted we are. <laughs> yep, I love it. I've got my got my gonna have to do my uh, NFL NFL style projections for the NRL next year. I reckon, and do like the running meters and the tackles and stuff, and try to like. See if that works for me. I like it. Really test yeah, it out. I'll, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Um, so for anyone that hasn't uh, seen as well, obviously on Twitter and Facebook, we've put up some posts. We're doing the NFL League and um, we also got a, a like really awesome thing today. We um, you know, we found out we're getting a, a charity sponsorship from topsport.com.au. So they're uh, $2,000 to the charity of our choice to the, the winning team and us versus the uh, the super coach or the winning player. In, and, um, yeah, so we've all we'll, – we'll, somebody in the uh, fantasy or super coach community is going to have $2,000 to give to charity, which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So uh, get, get across and support that because, I mean, you know, if we get heaps and heaps of clicks and likes and – 
retweets and stuff on Twitter or, you know, interactions with it on Facebook, that just shows them that, you know, we've got a good reach and, and people are actually engaging with our content, which will give us more opportunities to do stuff like this in the future. Yeah, it's absolutely huge that they've come on board, you know, turn this, you know, fun little competition you've organised into, you know, something mm. that could actually do some good for people out there, which is, yeah, just great. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It's good to see. Hopefully we can do something like that for the NRL next year. We'll have to get – if anyone's interested in Supercoach and wants to do a Supercoach Fantasy Amateurs, hit me up. I'll, uh, I'll have to take you through our strict stringent uh, screening process, but we might be able to get a, a Supercoach yeah. Amateurs out there for next year. You could enroll in the uh, Amateurs Academy. and. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Your punishment – I mean, your uh, reward for taking over is you have to enter the, the DMs on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Nah, it's all right. We love the DMs. Uh, if anyone's still kicking along and made it to 40 minutes of a podcast of Ryan and I talking about our own fantasy teams, uh, jump on and uh, send us through any questions or anything that you might have for this week. And, um, yeah, keep interacting with us on the socials and we'll uh, we'll see you for planning on the 1st of January 2022. Yeah, can't wait. I guess, um, just, I guess since we're signing off, probably – give a quick update to the fantasy amateurs amazing race um oh mate yeah it, it seems like it's basically one now the uh, mighty sea eagles first overall uh, in the absolute in the rankings the complete rankings and first in our league is about 400 points clear so big congratulations to shane taking out the inaugural amateurs amazing race shane mate you've done a great job you've got a great looking team there a couple of red dots this week but actually pretty good shape I'm, you know you have to imagine he's going to hang on to that and Shane, if you manage to have listened this far into the podcast, uh, hit me up on Facebook and I will get you a Amateurs Fantasy Sports T-shirt. Ooh, You'll be yes. the first person other than me to own one. So <laughs> That's, hit, uh... hit me up and we'll uh, we'll get it out there and we'll we'll get you a little prize, which Ryan didn't even know we were going to have. So it's yeah, a go. collector's item right there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Cheers, guys. We'll see you in 2022. Love you, guys.